This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Well, let's get it going. It's Monday, and I had my best practice of the season so far for tonight's show. <laughs> I'm also with Mac. What's up, Redcasters? Super excited this week for a win! It's it going to happen. It, 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 one well, of these weeks, I'm going to be right. <laughs> it's one of these weeks. It has to, right? Right, Boomer? Well, let's hope so. And uh, i just like to say to the Redcasters who weren't able to catch this morning's USA Today, um, there is truth to the, uh, to the article that we would accept the $26 million buyout to, to leave the Redcast, so... The offer's out there. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what we did as a fan base to piss God off so much that we'd have to go through 50 weeks and now 10 consecutive losses. Guys, I, I, I'm at a loss for words after uh, Saturday's um, debacle and since... Uh, that we we lost again, and uh, we really did have this one uh, in our grasp, and uh, somehow it it got away. I, I I still really I just rewatched the the game, and I still don't understand how we lost. It makes no sense to me whatsoever, and I really don't think we deserve it as a fan base. You know what I'm saying, Hunk? I mean, like we're not that bad. Sure, we we took some wins for granted at times. Maybe we were a little bit you know egotistical over some of our rivals back in the day but really this much i don't i don't think that's I, fair right i blame me i mean back in the back in the 90s i don't think i fully appreciated all the wins every time i took for granted beating you know k state when they were only ranked 19th in the country you know i mean yeah. it just yeah you know i i don't know what it is but watching that game on on saturday it's like I feel like I'm Charlie Brown sitting in the the classroom with the teacher, and the teacher just goes, "Want, want, want penalties, want, want, want turnovers, want, want, want," hitting the guy in the head in 15. You know, I mean, it's just like how many times is the same thing killing us? And it it just it reared its its ugly head again there. Defensively, I mean, there's so many things that we're doing better and positive, yeah. and I and I can pick a lot of good things out. But at the end of the day, it's a loss, and at the end of the day, it's a 99-yard drive with no timeouts. It's just – it's depressing. <laughs> it, it is depressing. It's almost depressing. I mean, it, it, it would be depressing, except this is the sixth showing of this this year. It's And it's hilarious. It's the first the first snap on offense, false start. That's – okay, fine, whatever. We go down and score. We overcome that. And then we kick the ball straight out of bounds. You know, yeah. like so we get a special right. teams penalty right away. And I'm almost sure that if it isn't the first play, it's the second play that the defense either has a hold or we jump off sides or we do something else. It's like, okay, all three phases have all their penalty. Phases. It's the first quarter, about three minutes off the clock. So nothing's changed. You know, we're still, you know, yeah. our first drive looked okay, but it's, but you I already tell it's going to be an uphill battle the rest of the game. 
the term learning how to win, to win, I've never seen it so painfully played out on a football field <laughs> oh. in my life. Oh, but to watch this learning how to win is it's, it's it's miserable. And and Boomer, you you brought up the uh, the USA Today article. And everybody has to learn. Yeah, everybody. I know, I know, I know. But you brought up the USA Today article, and I think this is a really good moment to talk about that. That the idiotic whoever the hell it was, the guy that realized he had a a deadline in five minutes and had to just write an article real quick. So, you know, hey, uh, you know, Nebraska, you know, twenty six million to fire Frost. Okay, no one's no one's looking to do that. And everything that we're talking about here, this critique of the game. None of this changes our long-term outlook on Frost or any of that. We've got the right guy here. We're doing the right things. It's going to get fixed. It's just it's painful right now in the moment. It's painful, like, take a freeze frame of this second. And for and I also, I feel bad. I genuinely feel bad for Stanley Morgan, a senior that came back. And, and I mean, he's working as hard as he can. I, I feel bad for Zigbo, who's for four years, you know, when he's gone out there, he's been, you know, a hard worker and, and he's doing his best. I feel bad for Tanner Farmer who is not in the right position. He's not a great center, but he's the best that we got at that spot right now. And yeah. he's, he's playing it because that's what we need right now. It's a transition year, and that's becoming more and more painfully obvious every week. But I feel bad for the guys because I, I feel like there's a lot of good effort being put out there. They just don't know how to win. Yeah, and you mentioned some good dudes, too. I mean, like Stanley Morgan is a guy good dude. that I take on the team all the time. I, you know, Gifford's a guy who plays really hard. You, you want good things to happen. Divino Zigbo is a great Husker story, you know, the way he come and never gave up, keeps grinding. He's, he's had some success this year. But it is all for naught because no one's going to want to try to remember a season when we started out of the gate 0-6. You know, I mean, that, and that's just, that is just sad. It's too bad for the guys. It's yeah, so to, to hockey, to your point there, and maybe I'll throw this over to, to Boomer in the sense that you made the case that that we, uh, that it's, it's, um, almost almost painfully uh funny i guess to watch this happen right i mean it just doesn't seem like everything doesn't add up really if you look at our offensive numbers uh and even in in even our defensive numbers at times if you compare them against our next opponent minnesota we're just we should be better than what we are um i think it was the bottom line today someone was saying oh this is one of the worst five teams in in the country i'm like not really. No, this is the best 0-6 team you could possibly imagine almost. It's just hard to fathom how they can't figure out how to win. You know, Boomer? Yeah, I think probably our mistake was unveiling that golden calf statue there at South Stadium. That might have been what, uh, you know, turned God against us there. But, uh, yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right. It's uh, the numbers we put out on offense, you know, they, they look great on paper, and but – We've mentioned it so many times. They're not equating to points. Um, I, you know, I didn't have the numbers right in front of me. I know we tweeted that out earlier. The, uh, you know, we're blowing Minnesota away when it comes to total yards and you know, pass yards rush, passing, yards rushing, you name it. anything except like that. Scoring. Except what matters when it comes to offensive efficiency. They're outscoring us. You know, when it comes to you know that end of the offense, and that's ultimately the offensive stat that matters. You can rack up all the yards you want if you're not scoring points. Doesn't do any good. And, you know, we saw that in this game. You know, we were moving the ball reasonably well. We opened up the game with a great start. Um, you know, just like we did against Purdue, opening drive, we looked great. And then when Northwestern was struggling, we just couldn't get points on the board early. We could have theoretically buried that Northwestern fairly early if we were able to score in that, you know, first first half at all. We just don't yeah, we do it. we could have buried it in the third yeah. quarter. Yeah, we just honestly. we couldn't do it. And then, couldn't do it. 
And yeah, then to we, your point, to your point, Boomer, we're we're running the ball for 42 more yards a game than Minnesota. We're passing the ball for 47 mm-hmm. more yards a game. These are the stats you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Our pass efficiency, we're almost 20 points higher in pass efficiency than Minnesota. So, of course, in scoring offense, they score two more points a game than us. Like, yeah. why? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I knew. You know, we, we talked about it before. It's, you know, things like field position and, you know, penalties and stuff like that that make our drives longer than they need to be, give more chance to sputter. You know, there's some turnovers. You know, we had, a, we had what, three again this week. So, you know, there's more drives that don't end in points. And you can't trust your field goal kicking, you know, which we saw again, unfortunately. So even moderate drives, you don't have a chance to get points. And it's just it's just killer. I, I don't know what else, you know, what else to say yeah. about it. We beat that drum all year. And, and the, it reared its head yeah, again. The kickoff that went out of bounds, was that Lightborn kicking Oh, yeah. That? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was. I, 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 I'm speechless on that at that point. I, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, if, if anything, I think not only is, is our play a little bit confusing, but look at Northwestern the last two weeks. They've just won two games at Michigan State, who, of course, went on to beat Penn State in Happy Valley, and then they beat us, and they've ran for 40 yards total in those two games. So the, the, the Big Ten mantra that you have to run the ball and everything, here they are going out and throwing the ball all around 65 times against us with absolutely zero penalties, of course. Um, and one sack. In one sack. Um, but, yeah, they've run the ball for 40 yards. And I guess we can look at that as a positive defensively that we were, you know, stopping them to 32 yards is what they got rushing against us. But, but again, points are what matter, and they got them and we didn't. Oh, don't forget they also yeah. rushed for uh, 28 yards against Michigan and nearly won that game too. So. Good grief. Right. Yeah. Wow. So, Honky, uh, give me a few a little X's and O's here a little bit in the sense that we had a, a really great drive end of the third, start of the fourth, Five plays, 76 yards, all on the ground. Zigbo mm-hmm. breaks another big one. Washington actually scores the touchdown. Um, and then we really don't have a lot of success running the ball after that. Um, did, did we become too predictable? Did, I mean, a lot of the, some of the criticism that's come uh, Frost way the last couple of days is we got too conservative. you have a, a certain take on what happened in the fourth quarter offensively? Not necessarily specifically to that quarter. I mean, I know over the course of the game, and we tweeted this out a couple times during it, was that Azigbo, he could just kind of like, there could be a drive or two would go by, and he just wasn't present. He, either he wasn't on the field or they just weren't giving him the ball. And it was at times where at halftime, I think he was averaging 8.8 yards a carry, but had like six carries or five carries. So we tweeted out something at halftime saying, hey, don't forget, let's – get him the ball, you know, he can, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and they'd get him the ball and then they'd mix in Washington with him. And that's where they had that one great drive that you're talking about, Dave, obviously in the fourth quarter, towards the very end of it, we had the kind of the famous three and out drive where we weren't overly creative. We were just trying to get them to use timeouts. We were successful in that. Um, it would have been nice. I think if possible in one of those plays to try to do some type of safe, not, I don't want to call it a run pass option because I don't really want pass to be an option out of it, but just something that would have got, Martinez out of the pocket, using his legs, try to, you know, if we could have got one first down at the end there, it ends the game. But at the same time, at the same time, if the, if the idea was to get them to use their timeouts and then punt the ball, Armstrong came in and kicked him well, down to the one. Yeah, Did exactly what, what yeah, the coaches wanted. Right. Mission accomplished on that. I mean, I, I, I agree it would have been nice to pop one, but short of that, they had three timeouts going into that drive. At the end of it, they had none. They had a 99 yards to go. That's a win. I yeah. mean, I did see some things offensively that I liked throughout the course of the game, not just the 
the two long drives, the the seventy five play five play drive that you're talking about, Dave, or seventy five yard five play drive. There's also, of course, the first drive. A uh, right. lot of nice mixing in, but there were a couple of plays that I thought were unique. One of them was the QB play action to Stoll, and Stoll got involved a little bit more here. The tight ends, they did a couple of tight end side screens where the, the blocking from the receiver was really good. I think it was Spielman, and they were able to throw those out. But then that play action one where I think the backfield, if I, my memory serves correct, the backfield's empty, and, and uh, Martinez takes the ball, takes one step forward like he's going to run it, then steps back and throws it to a wide-open Stoll. That's a play action without a back in the backfield. That's mm-hmm. really clever. Um, I That could lead to a lot of opportunities there. And using that same kind of motion, a little bit later, uh, we were in a third and nine situation. And again, with an empty backfield, we did a, a QB draw where he took one step back to throw it and then went, went ahead and ran. Mm-hmm. And that was on a third and nine. So we're in a clear passing situation and we're running the ball. That's awesome. I mean, you will never see that under a Riley team. You know, for three years, we never saw that even once. Everything was always by the book. Hey, if it's third and this long, you're going to do this type of play. So if we can get first downs on third and nine by running the ball, if we can have play actions without backs in the backfield, I mean, you can see things starting to develop with the offense. There's a lot of good if we can just get past this, you know, the loss and and the moment that we're in, there is good things happening. The identity is starting to bear out. You're starting to see that, and on a consistent basis of, from the offense, too. Um, we did get to 30 points. Um, we didn't kill as many of our drives with penalties as we have been. So uh, you see flashes of the team all the time. I, I mean, and, like, and, and it's, it's, it's still a youth movement back there in, in some cases with Martinez, and then you know, you're looking for Washington to catch fire and some of those young guys. You know, Mike Williams made a play. Yeah. Stole, like yep. you said, got involved. Uh, you know, it's, it's, as as we can expand this offense, I mean, I, we can see where this is going. I mean, it's not like I don't see progress, but it's 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 a phenomenal amount of stuff we have to do right to not lose a game. Apparently, like we just have no margin for error at all, ever. <laughs> oh and six. <laughs> oh and six. That is right. I mean, penalty wise, I was I was looking at that. We had a couple early, like Mac, you just mentioned. Then I think we went a pretty fair amount of the second and third quarters relatively clean. At one point, I think we were five for fifty, and then in the fourth, we had four really, you know, damning. We had the roughing the the quarterback and uh, pi, and and it just just killed us. Um, it, you know, look, always trying to stay positive on the show, right? It's a fan cast, a fa- fan podcast. Uh, Mac Honky, uh, any bright spots? Just like individuals that you want to point at that you were really impressed with. Like defensively, either specifically. or. Um, you know, obviously, again on offense, I think it's all the same players. It's it's the Morgans and and Spielman. Uh, Stoll started getting more involved, but mm-hmm. I love seeing Washington out there. I think he caught another pass lined up in on the outside. Azigbo's just solid. Martinez. What's nice about Martinez in this game is he just had like an okay game, like nothing special, and yet I don't even know what his total yards ended up to. But I bet it was pretty impressive. But we're getting to a point where it's like, eh, you know, he had 350 total yards or whatever. And we kind of say it in a nonchalant way. And that's the kind of QB I think he's going to be over his career. He's He makes things look pretty easy. And so I'm pretty impressed there. Defensively, you know, we did get a couple of turnovers. Um, You know, the penalties, (laughs) 
we need to get more out of our holding. When we hold on defense, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of defensive holding calls on plays where they still catch the ball yeah. for 35 yards. Like, if you're going to yeah. hold them, just drag them down to the ground. Like get yeah. get your get your money's worth. Well, the pass interference is when if you just turned around, you it would hit you in the hands. See, that's yeah. the thing. Boodle did not have the best game, and Boodle no, he did he's not. a guy I like, and and we've talked very highly of Boodle mm-hmm. this season. That was not his best game. I personally, I think Aaron Williams has played pretty well this season, but that game was just not his game. Yeah. Just wasn't. I actually thought Reed played pretty well. Reed broke Reed, up a couple of passes he, yep. and. He yep. runs hot and cold. He'll make a mistake, but he'll make up for it at full speed. And listen, that's what they Lamar preach. Jackson. Yeah, that's that's what you want to do. Lamar Jackson had a, a had bounce-back good... game for Lamar Jackson. He was not an issue out there. Yep. Um, Which is weird, but, right? I mean, yeah. you think that he would have been the one getting picked on. It just was you, the opposite yeah, I don't, there. Yeah, I don't know? understand. <laughs> and, you know, uh, Lamar will get up, and he'll take credit for any incompletion <laughs> ever. It could be the guy who ran out of bounds, and Lamar will jump up. Nope, <laughs> not on my watch. And it's just like Lamar. It, I, I love your spirit, man. It, <laughs> it's great. Honestly, though, it is the front seven on defense that is just blowing me away this season because I really thought that was going to be this big strength, and we're just not seeing it. There's some effort. I mean, I like Luke Gifford out there. He guy tries harder than anything. But we're just we can blitz seven dudes, and we just don't get to the QB. We just don't we get never home. get home. And uh, I've said this multiple times. I tweeted out that day. It's like maybe Breon Dixon can get four games in this year. Listen, and and can we get someone like him out there still to just even be a difference maker on a, on a game? I'm all on board with your find a spark kind of thing on defense because our defense is lacking that. I think our offense has got a few playmakers that, that you oh, could sure. identify yeah. and, and, and actually count on. Whereas and our Mac. defense has nobody that I feel like we can count on. Barry plays hard. Gifford plays hard. But I, somebody in there who could pop a ball out. I, I feel like Cam Taylor could be that guy who breaks on a ball and intercepts it. But he and he's getting a little more play time. But I mean, that's hard to live on a cornerback. Yeah, you know, we have, we have effort guy. guys. Still, he's one of those guys, effort dudes, but just not making plays. Yeah, Mac. What what did you say before the show? It's like we're we're trying to combine Oregon speed with uh, Husker power. Yeah, but... yeah. The, the idea is Oregon speed with with Husker power, but. But we don't have either. Yeah, it, lo- <laughs> it looks more like Oregon State speed yeah. and Nebraska Carney power right. right now, and that's the that's the that's the problem. Um, uh, Boomer, how about the special teams? What are you thinking there? Again, the same problems, you know. Other than Armstrong's punting, what else can you say about it? We're in positions where we're afraid to kick field goals or even attempt them. I mean, Barrett cost you a game here again. Yeah, I mean, Boomer, we missed one, he's, and then oh, he's, a, he's a scholarship kicker. He oh, yeah. misses an extra point. He misses a fill goal, and he doesn't even kick off for us. No. No, he does not. No. It's, yeah. Man, when you say it that way, Dave, that's awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is stealing. It's a lot of pressure yeah. on that. I mean, it, kicking more probably more than any other thing in the field is a mental game, and I just don't know where any of our kickers' heads are at right now. It's just not good. I mean, you get in that overtime, and we're afraid to even try a 33-yard field goal because yeah. how many of you had faith we'd make it? Yeah, see that's a that one play that best. that fourth Coin and flip. that yeah. fourth and one in in overtime is a microcosm of the season. We were too afraid to kick a field goal because it's we can't make a thirty five yarder. Um, we can't line up under center to get one yard, so we line up in the shotgun and then we can't snap the ball to the quarterback in the shotgun. So I mean, it's just kind of in one play, it just epitomized a lot of the a lot of the issues. Hey, at least there wasn't a penalty. No, there wasn't a penalty. <laughs> and one other positive that I don't think we should gloss over, but they did kick an onside on us, and we landed on it, and that is a yeah. that's a positive there on the special Should have been the game. And I will give this to, to Pickering. 
Um, I, I read some of his quotes afterwards, and, I mean, he was as hard on himself as any player. I mean, he, he, you know, and I guess, you know, I, I always want to hesitate. These are kids, and they're, right. they're 18 and 19, 20-year-olds. And yeah, but this we're is not, a kicker. I know, but we're not trying to we're not trying to beat <laughs> him up. Kidding. And and like the kid, you can tell he was like, he's like I, I you know I gotta do better. This is you know this isn't good enough. And I mean he was he was very hard on himself. And you always hate to see that. And at the same time, this is big boy football, and you're getting paid. I mean scholarships or or money. And 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 yeah, you expect higher higher play the, than the, that. None of those kicks were unreasonable. No. I mean, and, and that's just it. And it's not we're asking to boot a fifty four yarder. I mean, those are those are kicks to be made. Sure, you know, I don't They're care if you're a freshman there. or not. This far into the season, and I'm not blaming him either. I'm just saying the whole special teams issue is is irritating, especially the kickers. I mean, we finally got a punter who's actually mm-hmm. doing a decent job. That seemed to take too long. Then Caleb Caleb Lightborn's only got one job now, and that's kicking off, and he drilled one out of bounds, yes. his first time. So, yes. yeah. So we are a fan. Oh, six. We're a fan podcast. Love and the, we, I love, we, I love we are, the spirit. We're keeping it positive, folks. I swear we're keeping it positive. But <laughs> so I'm trying so hard to be positive. <laughs> this is really honestly, if we had done this show on, on Saturday, a, a we wouldn't have done the show because I had already quit. I think yeah, I quit yeah, the podcast. Yeah, said he was done. Yeah, with it. Mid- yeah, one yeah, one of my texts, texts I quit. Were, so. Yeah. Um, I was going to take my ball home and, and, you know. A lot of it would be bleeped out, too, quite a bit of the show. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But but there's there's football to be played still. Let's keep getting better. And uh, and I guess part of keeping getting better is this week we're playing Minnesota, uh, the $5 bits of broken chair trophy. And uh, I know coming up in the show here, we have uh, Michael Andrews from the $5 bits of broken chair. Did an interview with him last week, and, and uh, we'll be talking about that and, and how you can donate – uh, money to uh, the Team Jack. They're going to be doing a, an event this Friday night, Blue Blue Bloods, the night before the game. Oh, so nice. um, definitely, uh, Boomer. I know you're a huge fan of this trophy. One of the kind of the few organic grown trophies in the in the conference. Oh yeah, at least uh, at least that we have nowadays. I mean, that's the at least for Nebraska. Otherwise, you know, with our other two trophy games, are corporate approved, ready for sponsorship. You know, insert your favorite patriotic. You know slogan here yep. trophies that we play for with everybody else those those are no fun and nobody remembers we have them and this is kind of the fun of trophy games i mean there's an alternate universe where you know nebraska gets into the big 10 back in the you know teens and early 1900s the way we kept trying to for decades and minnesota would probably be our heated rival from back then the early days very of, true it's fair you know nebraska minnesota football they were our big rival we were trying to be minnesota that's who we you know we we would uh judge our coaches based on how well we did against Minnesota and a lot of our early coaches couldn't beat them. And, you know, they lose their jobs as a result of that. And, uh, you know, we finally won a few times against them with, uh, you know, the great Walter C. Bummy Booth team in 1902 was able to defeat them. And then, uh, and finally in uh, 1913, uh, you know, my favorite Ewald Jumbo's team was able to finally, you know, knock Minnesota off in a game where he cleverly the year before deployed something crazy called scouting and uh, <laughs> sent his assistant coach to take photographs during the 1912 game that we played against Minnesota. Because uh, Minnesota was notorious for having a, what they called the Minnesota shift back then. It was a, they would really rapidly shift formations a couple times before they'd snap the ball and they'd try to catch the defense on that second shift. 
you know, and get uh-huh. him out of position. So he sent his assistant coach, I think it was Frank Owens, I think was his assistant, and uh, took a bunch of photographs and studied film, quote-unquote, in the offseason back then. I don't mean made a flip book out of it. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it apparently cheesed Minnesota's head coach off, Henry Williams, and allegedly he got mad that, you know, we were doing something dastardly like that and refused to play us for a while. So that kind of put the kibosh on the early rivalry there. But, uh, yeah, we played them for quite a long time. They probably would have been our rivals and just part of the fun. So. Yeah, that's great stuff. I could imagine uh, Bummy Booth or or a Jumbo just uh, being carried off the field with the Broken Bits chair trophy in his hands and oh, absolutely, and yeah. uh, you know fur coats and such things. You yep. know, Some quality Excellent. hats. Yep. <laughs> so is All that right, the guys. alternate jerseys? Is that from that era, Michael? Uh, I believe the alternate jerseys that they uh, debuted today, I think they're kind of inspired by the 1923 team. You know, they're going for the whole oh. Memorial Stadium, you know, end of okay. World War II Memorial kind of approach. That seems to be what they're going for with those. Well, the helmets look like they're inspired by what Nike did with Cornell earlier this year. Knocked which, it out of the park. Which is the exact same helmet as what Cornell, <laughs> Nike did for them. And, God, they – oh, no. Yeah, they look great. Uniform, they look super – as a Husker fan podcast, I really like these jerseys a heck of a lot. Gosh, they're neat. I, I like the jerseys. The helmets are... Actually, I do like the jerseys. I do like the like jerseys. The helmets are kind of like a volleyball. I don't know. If they want the leather yeah. helmet look, they should probably make them tan. Um, yeah, if they just would have done something better with the helmet, it would have been fine. I had yeah, seen like some pictures view of the padding yeah. on the inside. It's so re- I love it. Yeah. I had seen I a few <laughs> pictures of the old days where the helmets are kind of white colored. So I don't know if that's what they were going for. Maybe they found a few guys with you know whiter leather helmets to to model after. So, but uh, yeah, I think they probably should have just gone with some brown those, or tan. Those were lambskin helmets as there opposed to the, <laughs> the beefskin. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, well, let's let's uh, call that a, a segment and. Uh, up next will be uh, the interview with the five bits of broken chair trophy. You're listening to the Go Big Redcast. Hello, and uh, we're with Michael Andrews of the five dollar bits of broken chair trophy. Uh, Michael, welcome to the Redcast. Hi, thanks for having me on. Uh, I guess obviously we're playing this week against Minnesota, and uh, this is our eighth contest against them since we joined the Big Ten. Uh, we're four and three. Nebraska is right now, but since uh, the first time the, the trophy was played in, in 2014, uh, we are an even two and two uh, against the Gophers. Uh, Michael, can you give us a little bit of a history about uh, the five dollar bits of broken chair trophy and, and how we've gotten to where we are today? Yeah, sure. So it all kind of started back with um, the Fopolini account and the Goldie Gopher Twitter accounts. They were talking back and forth just kind of in jest and um they made a bet over uh you know a broken chair and five dollars and um all of a sudden this trophy was made and showed up at a game and you know so it's been the first at least what most fans would tell you the first fan-based trophy that that we have in the big 10 you know we have some other trophies but i'm not going to go into those and so um it's been kind of a fan favorite since it started and then a few years ago it just disappeared and the athletic department was asked there was a big petition to bring it back and we never heard anything back and so um last year i was sitting around and i'm not the only one that had this thought but i happened to mod the husker subreddit and so i was thinking you know i bet i could 
drive something to get this thing rebuilt. And so I posted just a question asking if people, anyone was interested because I was kind of planning on, my wife was going to be gone for a weekend. I'm like, well, I have a free weekend. I might just try and rebuild this thing based off of images. And that's when a couple of our other team members, um, Luke and David reached out to me and they said, well, Hey, we already, we're planning on doing this too. We have blueprints drawn up. And I said, well, you guys are <laughs> way ahead of me. So I'm just going to let you handle that. And so I started coordinating with them, and then um, I'm not quite sure how Joe found out about it. Uh, he's a Minnesota fan, but he reached out to us. He said, hey, we've been thinking about doing this too. Um, why don't we get in touch? And we started planning things, and then it was Joe's idea to come up with the charity and attach it to it to you know help not only help both of those great organizations, but help promote awareness of the trophy and maybe get it back. And so you know, last year we were kind of flying at the seat of our pants, um we didn't really know what we were doing we were just playing it by ear but we we ended up raising um quite a bit of money and so we just thought we'd do that again this year and we're gonna try to continue to do it until we can get this trophy recognized as you know it's something that most fans recognize and we're just we're working towards making it a permanent thing in our big 10 future so yeah, well, you certainly have the Redcast support on this. Uh, Boomer can't be on for the uh, for this interview right now, but Boomer is a, a huge supporter of, of these kind of organic, you know, base trophies, not corporate, you know, led. And uh, certainly, uh, the the five dollar bits of broken chair trophy fits that that bill. Um, but so it's a real true collaboration between the two fan bases, if I'm kind of hearing that correct. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um... I think everyone but Joe could make it uh, down to Lincoln last year before we sent it up to. So we're doing kind of the same thing in reverse this year. But last year we had an initial showing at Blue Bud, Blue Buds in Lincoln and um, then went up to Minnesota for the game. And then it stayed there because obviously we didn't win. And so we're <laughs> doing a reverse thing this year where they're doing um, at, I want to say Stub and Herbs. And it's all on our Facebook page. And then we're bringing it down, you know, for the game, game day. And, um, and I think we will also be having a party the night before the game at blue bloods again. So we, we want to thank them for that too. But yeah, you know, it's, it's both, both sides of the ball. We're, we're all on board for the charity stuff and we both, we all love the trophy. And to tell you the truth, it's working with them and meeting all the Minnesota fans I have. They've, they've kind of become my adopted second team as long as they're not playing us i'm rooting for them (laughs) well let's talk a little bit about the uh charities uh because there's a couple of great ones here one in link or one in nebraska one in minnesota uh team jack and the the university of minnesota masonic children's hospital tell us a little bit about those charities why uh you guys chose those two and 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 you know what you guys kind of do with those with those charities yeah so um as far as what we with them last year um we kind of did this on our own and so you know we just reached out to them basically and said hey we um collected all this money and we want to donate it for you guys and so i know um team jack didn't have the same availability that the children's hospital did but the children's hospital we got like a big check made and went and presented that there and then they actually housed the trophy for the year so that was pretty cool um and we're this year, since the charity kind of was a an idea that we hadn't really thought out, and so this year we've been a lot more planned, and so we're working with both of them. Um, and so I think we'll have 
you know, a lot more involvement with the donation and stuff this year when it's all said and done. Um, the reason we picked them is because we were looking for two things that were associated with the universities that um, were also a good cause. And so, you know, a children's hospital is that's an easy pick. And I think the reason we went with Team Jack was mainly because when we were throwing out ideas, I think the first or second idea from everyone on the Nebraska side was Team Jack. And so, you know, everybody remembers the spring game. And um, I, he just had a birthday, I want to say, two weeks ago. So, you know, he's still doing well. And um, so it's just, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Oh, well, that's, that's great to hear. Um, I guess to go along with that, what are the plans for the future uh, with, the, with the trophy? Well, so our ultimate goal is that the universities would, you know, eventually get this on the field and bring it back in as part of a, a, a trophy game. Um, and, you know, not, I'm not trying to knock on them for how they're doing what they're doing. I'm sure there are other reasons, but, but the plans as of right now is we'll just continue to do this charity every year. Um, I mean, regardless of what happens, because it's, it's kind of, t- we, we all did it last year and we were like, man, that's a lot of work. I don't know if we want to do it again. And then I think, you know, a month or two goes by and, we just remembered how much fun it was and how many people we got to meet. And, you know, especially the cause of it's for it's, it's tough to say no to that. So mm-hmm. that, you know, I mean, status quo at a minimum, but we're definitely hoping for, for other things to pop up down the road. You know, I, I seem to recall a couple of years ago, the, the photo kind of the famous photo of Mike Riley holding the chair. Mm-hmm. Now that that's obviously that's the original chair, correct not the and that's the one that we don't know where that is anymore is that is that correct that's that's correct so the one we've rebuilt is as close to a replica of that as we could get we did when i say we i mean luke and david none of us built any of it besides those two guys (laughs) but um so they did uh, make, make a little bit of a stronger base but i mean we kept it you know light and portable um and we also changed out the the five dollar bills that were on the on the original one that were on the bottom i think it was both Lini and goldie gopher but we changed that to just both teams mascots so it can transcend you know coaching staffs and whatnot through the years ah uh, well very cool well, Michael, it's been great chat with you here, and, and obviously uh, we want to do whatever we can here to help kind of give you guys a little bit of, of promotion there. If you want to donate, uh, I know you can go to uh, their Twitter, at Chair Trophy. You can also go to BrokenChairTrophy.com. And it sounds like Blue Bloods the night before, that Friday night bef- uh, before the game in Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're in town, show up. And um, I know they're usually pretty busy, anyways. So if you want to eat, get there early. But they they've opened up their like floor where they um, actually brew their beer and stuff. And we had a ton of people there last year, and the band came in. And so you know, it's always a great time, and it's it's fun to meet fans, and you'll get to meet some Minnesota fans too. And yeah, I can't recommend it enough if you're around and you have some free time. Well, that's great. Co- college football fans beer football and and you know a good cause you can't beat it so uh five dollar bits of broken chair trophy uh redcasters uh go out there support these guys donate and uh and maybe we can get this to be the the official trophy game uh trophy for this game thank you again michael thank you 
All right, guys. Uh, that was a great interview there with Michael Andrews on the five bits of Broken Chair Trophy. Uh, looking forward to actually uh, taking that one home this weekend, right? Can you just imagine, guys, us like you know grabbing that chair and uh, and ripping it away from the Golden Gophers? So that'll be a glorious moment, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, what it's all about. Absolutely. Everything will be worth it. <laughs> yeah, all of this will be worth it. That's it'll right. be worth all those losses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 50 weeks of misery. Uh, all right, Honk, let's head into the mailbag. What do we got? All right. Well, first, uh, as always, a Twitter update. Uh, and you can always uh, contact us at uh, Twitter and Facebook at GoBigRedCast. Also at uh, GoBigRedCast at Gmail. But uh, our pinned tweet right now, it's getting quite a bit of response. So I just wanted to throw it out there. It was, I know we've sounded a little down here today, and I can't help it. We're 0-6 and haven't won a game in nearly a year. But we did want to let Coach Frost know that, uh, not that you needed to hear this from us, but we, along with the vast majority of Husker Nation, we support the hell out of you, your staff, and this team, and that is all. Go Big Red. So, uh, And we do. We, we sincerely mean it. I approve that message. We approve that message. The Redcast approves that message. Uh, who also approves the message is a mailbagger, first-time uh, virgin, Kodiak Jim. And Sweet name. Nice. Yeah, I must be from Alaska. Uh, like he a, said the, Sounds like a chewing tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> he said, the Big Ten West is yet to have won a Big Ten title. Uh, then in quotations, uh, Wisconsin won theirs during the Leaders and Legends days. Who will be the first West school to win it? I'm going to throw this one over to our best prognosticator on the, of the bunch, Dave. And then uh, we'll go to Boomer from that. But, Dave, yeah, we'll start that's, with you. That's a very good question, Kodiak Jim, um, if that's your real name. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you could have argued that Wisconsin might have had a shot this year, but um, I think last weekend's game against Michigan clearly pr- proved that Wisconsin is not ready to take home a title this year. Are they going to be better next year? Well, I mean, Hornybrook's gone, so, I mean, how could that offense get any better? Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I think Nebraska might have as good of a shot as any because you have to be good enough to win the thing. Um, so I'll say Nebraska. We're a fan podcast. Amen. Boomer. Yeah, that is kind of a tough question. I mean, because not only do you have to win the West, then you have to figure out, all right, which one of these teams do you – realistically think is going to beat Ohio State and or Michigan and or yeah, Penn State. It's a matchup situation, really. Yeah. And we have – I don't know who's matched up well against those teams for quite a while. You know, again, we're going to have to see the – predict the future here. Um, Wisconsin's been close, Yeah, right? Wisconsin's comes the closest, but like you said, I don't know what they're looking like in the near future. Iowa is Iowa. Why should I ever count on them to win anything? Uh, you know – Minnesota, Illinois, no one can honestly pick them to ever win it. You know, Northwestern never quite seems to put it all together to finish out a year. I, You know, you can say Nebraska just to be, you know, home-friendly, but, God, we're 0-6 right now, so how soon is that going to be? I mean, yeah. You have to look at it as programs with the potential yeah, to be good with enough. with potential, it's, to, yeah, you've right? got three. I'd say with potential it'd be, you know, Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin. I mean, that's the easy answer. Who's going to do it first? You know, the odds would say Wisconsin, just because I think our project's going to be a longer rebuild than we thought. But uh, if it goes the way we think it should and hope it can, you know, we could theoretically, you know, be the first to win. So there's no reason we couldn't. So 
Yeah, I'm all over the board on that answer. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this that I think with um, Wisconsin and Dave, actually, Hornerbrook's only a junior, so he's back next year. Oh, he's not going to the pros next year? But, oh. well, not only will he not be going to the pros, but I don't think that gives them any better shot a year from now either to win it. But uh, to the point that you had about, you know, with Wisconsin and look at what Michigan just did to them this year or this last week, I don't have any reason to think that a West team's going to win this year. Yeah. And no, I'm not sure that I feel no. like a West team is going to win next year. So if that's the case, if it's going to take two to three years before we think a West team can win anyways, I have absolutely no issue saying Nebraska. I don't care that we're 0-6 right now. Yeah, this team isn't going to win the, the West. This team isn't going to win the Big Ten, this particular Nebraska team. We can all agree on that. But we can also agree that Iowa is no closer. Well, they might be closer, but they're not winning it this year either. And neither is Wisconsin. I yeah. mean, I mean the winner this year is going to come from Michigan or Ohio State. You can look at the question in, in two ways. One – which program would be likely to recruit at a high enough a level and end up having a dangerous enough of an offense and, and have their defense all come together to actually be at the same level as an Ohio State, for example, and compete? Or which program is likely to be able to pull off the miraculous upset by just making the, um, the championship game, right? I mean, Iowa almost beat Michigan State. Right. And it wasn't like Iowa was as good as Michigan State that year, but they were able to put everything all together for that one game and and almost did it. Wisconsin's almost beaten Penn State. It looked like they were going to beat Penn State um, in the past. Just couldn't quite get it done. So, I mean, there's a, you know, but how do you actually predict that? Mac, your thoughts? Yeah, if, if we're looking at it in totality, we have actually out-recruited Iowa and Wisconsin both. We're the only ones – within striking distance and recruiting rankings from the top teams in the conference. so Couldn't tell it on the, the field, but... Yeah, right. I mean, understand that if we develop this team within the next couple, three years, uh, we'll have a chance at it. I think we'll have a, a legit chance at it. Adrian Martinez is a freshman this year. I'd say by the time he's a... I'll say by the time Adrian Martinez is a junior, we will be in the hunt for the, for the West, for sure, and yeah. possibly the title. That's a, I think that's a great point there. I mean, Martinez... Martinez is a QB, uh, unlike Hornerbrook. I think Martinez is a QB that you can build a championship team around, but we just know that we have to build a lot of team around him from what we have right now. We just know that. There are some parts already there. You can see a a Spielman for the next three years. You can see a Washington for the next three years. You can see these guys being definitely playmakers that we can build around uh, Martinez. We've just got a lot of other pieces we'll have to, to we'll have to get lucky either in the juco ranks in terms of a offensive lineman we've been a little bit behind in our offensive line recruiting so those are those are hurdles we have to climb but i mean we're on six <laughs> we're, we're, I, 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 I don't know we're on six yeah it's hard <laughs> it's it's hard to ask this question right now at this moment in time but it was asked so yeah. we yeah. answered i still yeah. think we have a better shot than iowa Take that, Iowa. I don't care how you feel, Iowa. Your you know, best honk. teams have already happened, Iowa. <laughs> You're not getting any, be- any more Nebraska players like Fant, Iowa. Yeah, take hey. that, Iowa. Sorry, Dave. What were you saying? No, you just you said earlier in the show, like you know, this doesn't change your uh, long range view of where the program's going and, and this coaching staff. And I, I think that's right. I mean, it sucks that we lost the game against Northwestern. I mean, it really sucks. It. It hurts, right? Uh, mainly because we were so close to of winning, but it doesn't change the. It, if we would have won, I'd still feel the same way about 
this game going into Minnesota. We're going to do the pick em here in just a little bit. I, we should beat Minnesota. I would have felt that if we would have actually beat Northwestern last week. It would have been one play, one play in that fourth quarter where we either got our first down or we stopped them on fourth, and we'd be talking about our first victory, and everybody's happy. And it's the same thing going forward. We should be able to beat Minnesota. We should be able to beat Methune-Cookman. We should go out and beat Illinois and um, turn this thing around. And I'm not changing that. This season, I'm not changing it for year two, three, or, or four down the road. Redcast predictions. Let's uh, let's head to the pick'em. You guys ready? Let's do it. You. All right. Any idea how we did last week, guys? Yeah. Uh, Dave, you went seven and three. Boomer and I went five and five. Yes. And Mac went four and six. But technically, Honky went twelve and five because my octo pick, the only one to pick LSU. <laughs> That came through, so I did go twelve and five last week. It's a good job. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's Are my you first now in the lead? You did really good that week. Yeah. I don't know if lead? I. I don't know if that puts me in the lead. It definitely yeah, could hurt. Puts me at an unfair advantage, but um, it's my first octo pick that came through. So that's nice. That's good. Right. So, so I went seven and three. Yeah. Boomer went what? Five and five. Five, five. five and five. For me. Yeah. So I think I'm now in, in first place, and I have to defend that. Oh no, it's rough. All right, guys, let's fire through this quick and, uh, and let's uh, see where we can start here. Let's start with the uh, Big Brother-Little Brother matchup. We got Michigan heading to East Lansing, taking on Michigan State. Wolverines are now a seven-point favorite over Little Brother. What do you think, Boomer? Uh, Wolverines, they seem to put things together this year. They sure have. Mac? I also go with the Wolverines. Honky. I'm going to go with Michigan State. Of course you are. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, Harbaugh's been terrible against his rivals. So, home game, Michigan State coming off that huge win at Penn State. Yep. Michigan is good at home. They're not good on the road. So, at least Honky has some logic with this pick. Um, but I think I'm going to stick with Michigan. All right. Um, Oklahoma. Heading to Fort Worth to take on TCU, Oklahoma seven and a half point favorite. Honky. Gonna go with TCU at home. I've been big on them all year to begin with. And this is the first game of the Bob Diaco linebacker era at uh, OU, and I think their their linebackers will miss a lot of tackles. I feel like they'll be <laughs> feeling some strain. Yes. Yeah. Does Oklahoma play a three four? Does anybody know? I have no idea. I'm yeah. oh, very curious if they're going to be very, you know, bend but not break all of a sudden with Diaco's linebackers, right? No, they're on a 4-3 base defense, Dave. So. Oh, well, well he, he has a spring what is he gonna... So no one saw that, that masterpiece <laughs> he was going to roll out for the season. That's a good point, Mac. Mac, who are you taking in this one? Uh, based on the Diaco effect, I am going to go with TCU. Just sounds like, just sounds like fun. Woohoo! Former assistants. All right, Boomer. Yeah, TCU's underperformed this year, so really so is Oklahoma, but let's go with the Sooners. I think they're Yeah, I think better. Oklahoma's offense will win the game. I don't think it's going to be their defense. They probably won't need it. I'll take the Sooners. Um, Maryland, who I, I – are they like 4-2 and two or some crazy thing like that? They're, yeah. yeah, not bad, actually. Um, heading to Iowa City, Iowa is a 11.5-point favorite. I'll take the, the Hawkeyes with this one. Honk? And go Iowa with my lock of the week. Of course, because the world is so cruel. Uh, Mac. 
I'll take the Hawkeyes. And Boomer? I went. Sweep. All right. NC State, Clemson. Clemson, we haven't had on this for in a while because they just aren't playing anyone. NC State is ranked, but Clemson's a 17-point home favorite. Honky? Was this the game the last time they played at Clemson? Was this the one that went, like, NC State missed a field goal at the very end, and it was right before Nebraska was set to kick off against, like, Indiana? I think it was the Indiana-Nebraska game two years ago, and NC State missed a late field goal that would have, like, tied it. And Anywho, um, <laughs> that's so I digress. That logic, he's gonna pay so, so I'm going to – I'm going to pause for one second here. We have Boomer telling us, like, facts about the 1902 Minnesota-Nebraska game, and we have Honky randomly throwing out some stuff about a game two years ago <laughs> that he's not <laughs> trying quite to re- sure happened, but he thinks it happened. Trying <laughs> to remember. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm thinking that was the Delaware-Rhode Island game I was watching. doesn't matter. Point is, I'm going to go with NC State on the road in these uh, matchup of two undefeateds. Clemson always loses the game they shouldn't. This will be the one. Wow. All right. All right. Uh, Mac? I'm going to take Clemson. All right. Uh, freshman QB, Mac. Freshman. Wow. Uh, Boomer? <laughs> it's going around. Yeah, Clemson. Although the ACC is just awful to watch this year. Yeah. I will also take Clemson, and uh, I'll take it for the, my, my lock of the week. What the heck? All right. Uh, all right. We have some decent West Coast games uh, this week. I don't know if this is going to be one, but uh, Colorado coming off their first loss of the season at USC is also uh, out in um, Seattle to take on the Huskies. Huskies are a 16.5-point favorite. I would probably take Colorado against the line there, but I'll take the Huskies to win. Uh, Boomer? And I'm almost tempted to pick Colorado because Washington's coming off that you know, heartbreaker to Oregon, but yeah, I, I, we're still going to go Huskies. I just, yeah. Mac. I keep screwing up my pack 12 picks. Every time a team gets hot, that's when they go and they switch. I'm going to just stick with Washington. This is perfect. We set this up. So honky will definitely take Colorado. Honky. What do you yeah, think? He should take Colorado. I'm taking Colorado. Yeah. With this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. No, no fun to have a sweep there. So. All right. Um, all right, Wake Forest heading to Tallahassee, Florida State, 10-point favorite. Uh, let's, let's start with Honky. Uh, I took Wake Forest against Notre Dame. That was a bad idea. Was a bad so idea. this time I'm going to go with Florida State at home. Good choice. Mac? I'll go with the Seminoles as well. Also taking the Knolls. Boomer? Yeah, let's go for the sweep, Florida State. Mm-hmm. All right. Boo, you guys stink. Yeah, you know. You can pick Wake uh, Forest. You can always go back. Mm-hmm. All right, Mississippi yeah. State uh, heading to Baton Rouge and uh, Coach O and the uh, Bayou Bengals, six-and-a-half-point favorites, LSU over Mississippi State. Boomer? Uh, I'm kind of impressed with what Orgeron's putting together there, so we're going to go with LSU, and they're your lock of the week. So. Dude, I did not see them beating Georgia like that. I didn't that. either. I mean, I could have saw them upsetting them, but they really controlled that game in large part. I was impressed. Also taking LSU, Mac. Yeah, it's in Death Valley, LSU. Honk. I called LSU losing to Florida two weeks ago. I called LSU winning at home to Georgia last week. So, of course, Mississippi State. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Uh, Oregon, uh, can they actually, you know, live with success? They are going to Pullman. Washington State is now ranked. um, So, 
the Pirate is doing uh, some things right there in Pullman, even with uh, a lot of changeover there on the on the roster, quarterback-wise, et cetera. So I'm impressed with what Leach is doing. Washington State's a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Boomer, you love the Pirate. You taking him? Oh, God, I, I do love, you know, Mike Leach. Uh, but I'm just going to go with Oregon. favorite. Yeah, wow. i got to go with Oregon here. You know? Yeah. He just never seems to get over this hump in the Pac-12. I hear you. Honky. Uh, I'm going to go with Washington State, home. Mac. I'm going with the lock of the week, Washington State, the pirate over the duck. Nice. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Oregon. I think Oregon could win the north at this point now. Uh, staying out west, uh, USC going to Utah. I've been high on, on Utah. I'm still wavering on this one, so I'll let Honky just jump on it. Um, I like how Utah played last week against Arizona. They came out and just blew them out in the first half there. Uh, something, you know, to do with the mountains. I'll just say Utah. Honestly, I really like what Honky just said there. Utah did look good offensively for a change. I think they really turned a corner there. I'll take the Utes as well. I'm going to do it. Mac. And this and this is a battle of two teams. Where is it at? It's at Utah. But this is a battle of two teams that have hosted um, Olympics. Just to throw that out. <laughs> oh, their home stadiums have hosted oh, yeah. Olympics. Their, their home stadiums have. Yeah, right. I, I went to the University of Utah over the summer, and we went into the uh, press box area. And where their their football offices are, they have the right. the uh, torch. I'm going to the... take USC <laughs> and my separator game of the week. Separator game. Unless... Could... You cut my story off because it wasn't. Well, you have stories for every game. We're trying to go through this fast. I'm trying to help the podcast. Is the torch actually? We're 0 6. Is the torch lit? No, it's behind behind glass. Oh, okay. Um, I was a little concerned if it was on fire. They they wouldn't let me touch it. Uh, I asked them if I could hold it. They said no. (laughs) And asked, why are you in this room? How did you get in here? Boomer, I think you haven't picked this one yet. Uh, let's go Utah. Why not? Excellent. All right, last one on the on the plate here. Golden Gophers, Minnesota, coming to Lincoln, Nebraska. Actually, a favorite line. What did you say, Boomer? Opened at five, five and a half. I'd open at about six that? or seven, most six places. Six or seven. So. I see three and a half right now. So it that's is now. What the line yeah. is. And uh, let's start with hockey. Man, uh, I'm picking Nebraska, obviously. Uh, Minnesota's offense is it's, it's pedestrian. I mean, it averages like 350 yards a game. But, again, as we've seen, they also average more points a game than we do. Yep. <laughs> and sometimes stats don't really add up to, to, uh, to giving you the final score. Um, we hit the 30-point mark on offense last week, which needed to happen. I mean, that we at least need to hit that for having the 500-plus yard games we've been having. I think we at least hit 30 again here this week. Um, I'm going to go Nebraska 38, and I'll give uh, Minnesota 34. Ooh, 34 for the Gophers. All right. Mac? Yep. I do feel like we found a little bit of rhythm last week on offense, which was good to see. Um, there's some progression happening there. I'm still convinced we need to play absolutely flawlessly to win a game. I don't know why, but it seems to be the case. So um, I'm going to cut our penalties down to – I'm going to call for over under five. Ooh, boy, you're being good. I know. I We're going to go over we on f- that. Are they, de- are they declining six of them? Yes. <laughs> well, what, we'll, what we like to do is have offsetting ones when they would have, <laughs> when they would have served us. So all that said, 39 to 31, Nebraska. 
right, all right. Boomer? Uh, this is just a week where it's going to come down, I think, to where the team's head is at. Are they able to regroup after a very dispiriting loss there? I mean, it, it'd be real easy to throw in a towel here, you know, in a season when you're 0-6. Have we mentioned we're 0-6 right before yet? I, I think someone up? said it earlier in the show. Right. Uh, so there is that, you know, Minnesota's coming off kind of a tough loss at Ohio State, but they actually look decent for a good chunk of that game or kind of competitive. But uh, I, I believe Minnesota's got some young players on the team. Is that right? Do they have a lot of youth and they're freshman players? They're pretty young, yeah. Yeah, okay, I think good. their coach, uh, PJ, <laughs> I think, Fleck, yeah. mentioned they're really young. Yeah. I wonder if I hear about all the young players on both rosters during this game a lot. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, stats go Minnesota's way, but we're going to go with the heart again just because why the hell not? We're 0-6. Uh, Nebraska 28, Minnesota 22. Mm, Bring that broken chair home. Darn straight. That's right. That's right. Uh, Yeah, I'll just. I I don't want to have a close game, so I'm just going to predict one that's not close. I'll say Nebraska 42, Minnesota 27. I I love you, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. I would would love that score. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? I love that score. No stress. All right, boys, let's get out of here with some parting shots. Honky, uh, keep it down to three or less, please. Okay. Uh,. I no longer have any respect for Tom Arnold. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Andy Katz has Nebraska basketball preseason number 16. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. No pressure, Miles. And, and uh, Colorado linebacker Jacob Collier, Collier, the guy that twisted Martinez's leg, he actually now has an injury, and he's out for the season. And I've seen a few tweets that have not been so kind to, from Husker fans. Keep it classy. Like, you know, I mean, I know he twisted the guy's leg and stuff, but, like, you don't really root for guys ever to get injured for the season. He so. cost us the Troy game. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Have a heart and saying keep your head on a swivel. <laughs> <laughs> Mac, uh, I'm actually. I'm, I'm actually talking. I think I'm talking to Mac here with this specifically. <laughs> I, I've limited hockey to three, so he's he's at his. That, max. That's mine. I'm done. I'm done. So Mac, uh, fire away. Uh, no real football partying shots this week, but I did go see Foo Fighters in Kansas City with uh, some of my brothers and sisters, and they rocked our faces off. It was fantastic. Awesome. Uh, Dave Grohl puts on a heck of a show. It's a good time. They did he give a, give a guitar away? Yeah, he brought some kid on the stage. He's like, yeah, you want to play some songs with us? But the kid only knew Metallica. So he <laughs> comes out and he plays like Inner Sandman. But the crazy thing is, as soon as Taylor, their drummer, talking, starts playing drums, it's like, it's, you're like a Metallica show. I mean, the kid was pretty good, and and Dave uh, was really funny about it. He's like, well, I'll make sure Lars knows you were <laughs> – we missed him here or whatever. But then he gave him the guitar at the end of it. It was a really cool moment. Well, but I got a glove from Stanley Morgan. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. yeah that's like, true. Same. My son does, I guess. <laughs> all right, Boomer, what do you got? Well, all I can say is Redcasters, uh, we're 0-6. If we can make it through this season as a podcast, we can make it through anything. So only up that's from true. here. That's true. Bring the broken chair home. It it, 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 it can't be any worse, right? I mean, we can keep on losing, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I knew it would be bad. Yeah. I knew it would be bad. I didn't know it would be this bad. <laughs> that is so true. So true. All right, guys, let's get out of here and call that a go big red cast. Big red. Bring that chair home. Thank you.